Every Bibles this morning will be in the book of Isaiah, looking at chapter 11, <clears throat> continuing our series going through some messianic prophecies in the book of Isaiah, particularly those related to, to Christmas, to the birth of the coming Messiah. Uh, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 11. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 5, but we'll be focused primarily just in verse 1 for our time together today. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 11, starting in verse 1. That should be on the screen behind me if you don't have it in time. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. I am not much of a gardener. Uh, I don't enjoy it. I don't find it fulfilling. I don't take much pride in whatever eventually grows in the garden. I find it exhausting. I find it sweaty. I find it to be not worth my time. To be a good gardener, you have to have a beautiful yard. And to have a beautiful yard, you have to determine what is a good plant that you want to keep, the good plant you want to grow, and what's the bad plant that you want to kill with extreme prejudice. But it's always the bad plants that seem to grow so easily. Without trying, weeds will overtake your beautiful Bermuda grass, and then the whole yard is lost. If you're not paying attention, they will win. They're better. They're stronger than the things that you want to grow. And part of the reason I'm such a bad gardener is because I can't even kill the things I want to kill correctly. I attack them. I chop them down. They grow right back. I rip out the roots. I don't get them all. They come right back. I take Roundup and I spray it over my whole yard and somehow the bad stuff is still there and the good stuff is all gone. Gardening's hard. It's not easy. The one enduring rule of yard work that I have found is that what you want to happen, that is the least likely thing that is going to happen. What you want to die never does and what you want to produce fruit never does either. The nation of Israel during the time of Isaiah's prophecy... It was in danger of dying out. It was right on the precipice, right on the edge of things going from uncertain to certainly terrible. Isaiah's own words against them would show that bad things were on their way. There was going to come worse things uh, on the horizon for the nation of Israel. But this nation that was supposed to be producing fruit under God's care, it wouldn't suffer the same fate that plants in my yard tend to. Though it might seem like they had no hope, through the Messiah who was to come, through the one that Isaiah is talking about, hope was going to return to them. So from today's passage, we'll be able to see three hopes for the future coming through the coming Messiah. Three hopes for the future through the coming Messiah in today's verse. We'll just be looking at uh, verse 1 today. And the first hope for the future through the coming Messiah is that through him, we have hope for the future in spite of the past. 
Through the coming Messiah, we have hope for the future in spite of the past. Look at verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Today's verses, they're they're really just a chapter or two after what we talked about last week. The the hope that that Isaiah gives here is still wrapped up in the coming Messiah. It's still talking about the same one who is to come, Emmanuel, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He's revealing a little more about this coming king in today's verse, but it's really still part of the same larger prophecy that Isaiah has been giving for a few chapters now. And how this prophecy in today's verse begins, I think, is noteworthy because of how sure all of this is, how sure all of this has been. Back in chapter 7, he said that the virgin will conceive and bear a son, that you will call his name Emmanuel. Last week, unto us a child is born, the son is given. It is so surely going to happen that it's given there in the present tense as if it currently is happening. The government will be upon his shoulders. He will uphold his kingdom in righteousness and justice. And today, in these verses, it begins by saying that there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. So the hope here, the hope contained in this prophecy, isn't conditional. It's not iffy. It's not up for grabs. It's not something that only could happen or only might happen. This child will be born. He shall come forth. This is a promise and proclamation made by God to his people. They didn't have to wonder whether what he's talking about would actually happen or not. It was absolutely going to happen. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And what will surely happen is that there will be a shoot from this stump. Now, again, I'm no gardener. I'm not super familiar with all these terms. But in my understanding, a shoot is typically just another word for a branch, another word for a limb. So out of this stump, out of this tree that was, but has now been cut down, all that's left is just the stump, which we'll talk about more in a second, there is now a new, a living shoot, a new branch coming up, shooting up out of the stump to keep the tree growing. When gardeners talk about shoots, they they tend to focus on the shoot as something that's young, something that's growing up, that's growing up quickly. So to say here that there will be a shoot from the stump after you've already talked about a virgin conceiving, after you've already talked about a child being born, is now to talk about that same child along that same kind of growth chart. He was conceived, born, now young and growing up quickly. He's a shoot from the stump. There's a lot of life here in these terms. There's vitality here in these terms. There's a hope and a future here in these terms. A tree that's still sending up shoots is a tree that's still alive. It's still going to produce leaves. It still has the chance to produce fruit. It's ultimately a tree that still has hope inherent within it. And I think the reason that's so significant here is that this isn't just any shoot. It's not just a shoot way off on a branch somewhere that it got pruned and now it's growing back. This is a shoot from the stump. Again, not a gardener, but pruning branches, cutting off certain limbs because they're growing strangely or in a direction you don't want them to, or they've gotten too far out. They're they're not growing the way they're supposed to do. Pruning branches, I think that's pretty common in gardening. It's not weird to prune the branches. 
And when you cut those off, you're actually expecting to get another one in its place. That's part of why you do it. I think some plants may even be pruned so that they grow fuller, faster, more full in the areas where they already were. Like a hydra, when you, when you cut off one head, there's three more that spring up in its place. So just the, the fact that there is a shoot here, I don't think that's particularly noteworthy in and of itself. That's just like how trees, gardening you know, kind of works. But this shoot isn't just coming off of any branch. It's coming up out of a stump. This isn't a random limb that got pruned way off by the side from the trunk of the tree. Something that's not really integral to it. It's way out there. The tree can surely survive without that. This is the whole tree being cut down. Okay, you don't do this on accident, right? You don't do this with the idea that I'm going to chop down this whole tree and get a whole other one in its place. You do it so that the tree is done. You do it so that the tree goes away. So that it's gone. So there's no tree anymore. You do this so that the tree that remains, the stump that remains, dies. You don't want to have to deal with the tree, the branches, the leaves, the fruit. You don't want to have to deal with any of that anymore. So now to have a shoot coming up from a stump, it's not totally unheard of. It's not like a a crazy miracle that's never happened before. But it's certainly not typical, right? I mean, it's way more usual for you to cut down the tree... And then it dies. The leaves are gone. The stump rots out. It slowly decays and dies. It becomes easier to remove the stump wherever the tree gets cut down. But if that stump starts sending out shoots, then all of that goes out the window. If it starts sending out shoots, then there's still hope for life in this tree. It's not dead yet. There's still a chance here. It's still there. It's still one day going to grow enough to produce fruit if you let it. You see, this shoot from the stump, this young boy growing up and maturing, the one that Isaiah is talking about, he's not just any boy. He's not just any young shoot that's sprouting up and growing in wisdom and stature. He is a shoot from a stump, again, carrying forth that metaphor about life coming where there should be none, that the virgin will conceive. Where there should be no life, there is life. The shoot will come from the stump. Where there should be no life, where there should be no hope, where there should be no chance, there is this shoot. But he's not even a shoot from any old stump. This one is a shoot from the stump of Jesse. I think that's significant here in Isaiah, particularly because of the other prophecies that he's giving the people. Along with these words of hope in the coming Messiah, he's also proclaiming that God is going to judge his people. He's also telling them, hey, you guys are going to be conquered. You're going to be exiled. You're going to be kicked out of your land, taken where you do not want to go. That nation that was once a great kingdom, it's going to come to an earthly end. And it's going to look like in that moment, there's no hope for you. There's no future for you. Okay, this is part of the message that Isaiah has been tasked to tell them. When Isaiah was called as a prophet, God told him that Israel would become a stump. That Isaiah is supposed to give this message to the stump. I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 6. This is the calling of Isaiah and the initial message that he's given to give the people. I want you guys to to notice when we get to the stump at the end, how we get there. What happens before we get there. I'm going to read the whole chapter. should be on the screen behind me. Isaiah chapter 6, looking at verses 1 all the way through the end, verse 13. In the year that King Uzziah died, 
I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy. And blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste. And the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth. Or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. So he's calling Isaiah. He's saying, you're going to give them this message, and they're not going to hear it. You're going to give them this message, and they're going to ignore it over and over and over again. He says, how long am I going to give them this message, and they won't understand? He says, you're going to keep doing it until you're left with just a stump. And then the stump gets burned, and it's still there, and you're still proclaiming to it. He's saying, my people are going to be torn down, and we're going to be left with only a stump remaining. God calls Isaiah and commissions him to proclaim this message to the people. This message we've been talking about the last few weeks, that yes, there is a lot of hope here. There's verses here that we're pulling out and taking and talking about the coming Messiah and all of the hope that we see there. But in the midst of that message is also the fact that they are going to be sent off into exile. He's supposed to tell them that unpleasant message until they're tired of hearing it, until they are no longer a people, that they may hear his words, but they won't listen to his message, that though they were a great tree, they're going to be cut down and left where only a stump remains, tossed away into exile. So now, when in chapter 11, Isaiah is talking about this shoot from the stump of Jesse, he's saying, yes, the exile is coming. You guys being conquered, that's going to come. It's going to be bad. You're going to be cut down and become just a stump. You're going to be chopped down to the roots. But God's promise of the coming Messiah, that's going to remain. It's still there in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that stumpness. They might only be a stump, but from that stump is going to come up a shoot. From that death and decay, life is going to spring forth. The core of the promise of the shoot from the stump of Jesse is the promise that in spite of the past, through this coming Messiah, his people can have hope for their future. Look, they disobeyed. They didn't listen. 
And they reaped the consequences of their sin, which is death. They were cut down. But God didn't leave them there. In spite of their sin, in spite of their disobedience, in spite of the rot of sin amongst his people sitting into this stump, he sent forth Jesus Christ the righteous to be born of a virgin and to save his people from their sins. With him, with this coming Messiah, comes hope, even when there shouldn't be any. Part of what I love so much about Christmas is that idea of hope that comes with it. Even the time of year we celebrate it, I think, supports this idea. I mean, you might be at this point in the year, December 17th, and you might think, oh my gosh, I can't wait until this year is done. This might have just been the roughest year of your life. You might have had a family member who just disappointed you over and over and over again. You might have had a family member in so much pain. You yourself might have been in so much pain that you're just hoping for a new chance, hoping for a better tomorrow. You might have just royally messed up your life this year. You might be caught in some kind of addiction or despair or sin. Or maybe everything's been fine, but you're just tired. It's not that everything's been that hard. It's just that there's been so much of it that it's just like, man, if I could just catch my breath. If I could just get a new calendar, a new start, a new chance, then maybe there can be some hope for me. Maybe in January things will slow down. And into that stump, into that pain, into that barren place where there should be no life, where it feels like there's no hope, where now all that's left is just the scar, the reminder of what could have been, of what should have been, What once was, out of that stump, God sends forth the shoot from the stump of Jesse. Out of that place, he sends his hope and his life. Out of the stump of Jesse's lineage comes a shoot which brings life with him. In spite of the pain of the past, the Messiah brings hope for the future. But he also brings hope for the future that is tied to the past. That's the second hope for the future that's coming through the coming Messiah. We have hope for the future in Jesus that is tied to the past. Look back at verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. There's hope here. There's new life here. But it's springing out of what was already there, right? There's a shoot, yes, there's something new, but the shoot is from this stump, as stump-like as it is, as terrible as the people have been, as far as they have fallen from the tree and branches of what was to the stump of what now is, there's a shoot coming up from that for them. You could even, I think, go so far as to say that without the stump, there wouldn't be this new shoot. The newness, the the hope for what will be, it's springing up out of the pain and despair of what currently is. When God talks about making something new, which he does all the time, it's a recurring theme in scripture. It's something he reiterates even at the end, that he is making all things new, Revelation 21.5. It's typically new, yes, but it's made new. It's made out of what was. 
When he made man in his image, it was new, yes, but it was out of the dust of what was. And that's contrary to how we typically anticipate these things to work, right? When I think new, I think like brand new. We, we think that, uh, that what, uh, we think of something that was not anywhere. It was not anyone's before, and now it's ours. That, that's what makes it new. Anything else, that's just re-gifting, right? We, we tend to call what God's doing here something like new to you. Maybe refurbished if you want to sell it on Amazon for a little bit more. We, we tend to think that this makes it worse than something that's brand new. Worse than something that's completely different from what we already had. But I can tell you that if you are the one being refurbished, I don't think that's how you feel. If you're the one being remade, you're the one being made new, then I don't think you see this as a lesser option, that you would rather just start fresh with something completely whole and completely different. It's new, yes, but in your mind, this would be the best of both worlds. It's new, yes, perfect, yes. There's no scratches. The the software is up to date, but it retains all the old character, all the old familiarity, all the sentimental attachment of what was there before. The thing that is new springing out of what is, like a broken bone, is now stronger. It's now better than it was before. The brokenness of what used to be, that's gone away. It's been replaced. It's been remade. Now it's not just back to normal, but it's better than ever. For the shoot to come from this stump is to tell the stump that the stump isn't getting thrown out. It's not being grinded away. No, even for this stump, there is a hope and a future. There are better days ahead of it. And you just remember that the stump we're talking about here is the stump that is the nation of Israel. So it's a shoot, yes, but it's from Jesse's tree. Jesse was the father of King David, Israel's greatest king. Basically, it's first real one after the short disaster that was Saul. So this shoot is now Israel part two. It's the new Israel, the the true Israel, which if you remember from our series in 1 Peter, that's the church, right? So this new thing that God is doing, the hope that is tied to the past is a continuation of Israel. It's springing up out of Israel, but it's not just the same thing again. It's not just giving it another shot. It's a made new version. It's a, a better version. It's not Israel, and yet also still Israel. The branch is a shoot that's coming up out of the root of Jesse's tree. A branch from his root shall bear fruit. So this new thing, this new hope for the future that's coming through the Messiah, being prophesied here, it's coming out of what was, out of all the pain and history and baggage. It's coming out of the Israel that was to make the Israel that will be, And it has the same roots that were always there. It's not even replacing what was there before. It's a new thing, yes, but it's from these same roots. It's not spitting on what was, it's using what was. I think that's important here as an application for us in our context, in our church right now. I have been your pastor for a little over two years now. And we've seen a lot of changes in that time. And you guys have rolled with all of them. There hasn't been a single one that there was a huge uproar or a ton of people leaving or being upset about. Let me tell you, we're about to see even more, literally, around this building. Next week, you will be sitting in different seats than you are sitting in right now. That is a massive change for some of you. 
It's going to be some kind of change for all of you. There's going to be something new here, something different here. And I'll tell you right now, this is not the end of the changes that we're going to see and experience, even just in this room. You'll see them even more over the next month or two, around the building, some other things, how we do things, some other things, who's doing things, some other things. It's not like we get to do this one thing and just hit pause for 20 years and everything just kind of stays the same. We just stop. We're doing something new here. I think God really is doing something new here in our church. The people in this room, if you look around over this week, the coming weeks, last week, anytime, you'll see a lot of people who were not here two years ago. Okay, and it's not like I brought you with me. It's not like you had any idea who I was or who this church was before that time. Some of you who are in this room, the only reason I can say that you're in this room is that God brought you here because you just kind of showed up one day. This church has been around for 129 years, and I'm telling you that I think our brightest days are ahead of us rather than behind us. But let me be sure and emphasize here that when I say that, when we do any of these changes, when we talk about these things, when we replace the pews, when we start doing things a new way, I hope you know that we're not spitting on what was. We're not denigrating what is. We're not casting doubt or terrible glance back at the things that were here before. We're not looking at the people who were in this room before us and saying that they didn't do what they were supposed to do. We're not ripping out the roots and starting over. We're hopefully shooting up from the same roots with the same hope, the same future, the same goal. We're hopefully focusing on the same things that this church has always focused on, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What we're doing is we're aiming at glorifying God and enjoying Him forever by being and making disciples of Jesus Christ. We want to continue to have hope for the future, but we hope to do that by using the roots that are already here. We don't want to remove them. We don't want to spit on them. We don't want to say that there wasn't anything good that came along before we got in this room because there was a lot of good. There was 129 years of good. The shoot from the stump, it's a new thing, but it's closely tied to the past. It doesn't wholly replace the past, it remakes it. It doesn't throw away the Israel that was. We still have an Old Testament heritage in Jesus Christ, but we're also something new now as the church. Through Christ, we have hope in something new, but it comes out of the roots of what was already there. We have a hope for the future that's tied to the past. And the final hope for the future through the coming Messiah that we can see in today's verse is that through him, we have hope for the future that's better than the past. We have hope for the future better than the past. Look back at verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Just as there shall come forth a shoot, this shoot shall bear fruit. Just as secure is his coming and the hope that comes with him are the results that he brings with him. The fruit, it's not in question. What he'll do, it's not in question. Whether he's going to rule and reign as a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, that's not in question. As soon as you see the sign of the virgin conceiving and bearing a son, Emmanuel, you can know that these same results, the same fruit, they're on their way as well. And his results are that he will bear fruit. Though there was a stump, 
Though it looks like the tree is done, though it looks like the tree is useless, worthless, rotting, and decaying, there's fruit coming. All that God's people went through to this point, the time in Egypt, the exodus, the conquering of the land, the the kings and the nation building, the time of David and Solomon, the kingdom being split in two, its constant descent into chaos, all of that, when it was finished, it left just a stump. But what's coming in Christ for his people, that's going to lead to fruit. And when you think about it, fruit is why you have the tree. No one plants trees because they're looking for more stumps. No one in the spring's wife walks out into the front yard and says, Honey, I've been thinking. And this spring, I think I want you to give us a stump right there. I think that's exactly where our front yard's been missing. I think our kids need something to trip over. I think you need something to mow around. And I think a stump is just the thing that's going to tie this whole yard together. She might say that with a tree. There's benefits to a tree. There's fruit from a tree. There's things that come with a tree. But no one says that about a stump. You don't want the stump. A stump is a bad thing. Fruit, that's a good thing. You don't want stumps. You want trees. You want the fruit that the tree produces. You want the good things that the tree is there to make, the shade, the beauty, the benefit. If the stump sends up a shoot that produces fruit, then we're not just back to something good, back to something that's positive, back to something that's okay. We're actually at something that's better than before. Because what came before gave us just this stump. So it's not like it was really that great to begin with. What's coming, though, that's better than before because what's coming will give the fruit that what was never did in Christ. The promise of the shoot from the stump, because it results in fruit, is a promise that things not only will get better than they are, but that they'll be better than they were. They'll be what they were intended to be in Christ. The hope of Christmas, it's not a nostalgia that things will be as good as the golden years of King David. It's that things will be better than before because they're going to bring about a better result. You see, the hope that we have through the coming Messiah, it's a hope for the future that's better than the past, better than what was. And that hope comes about, it becomes real because of the fruit that Christ came to bring. In his earthly ministry, his problem with the Pharisees is that they looked healthy, but they produced no fruit. In Matthew 3.8, he admonishes them for the same problem, tells them the fruit that he's looking for. He says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So the fruit of the shoot from the stump is a people who are bearing fruit, which the shoot himself says looks like a people who are repenting, who are believing in him. It looks like a people whose hearts are turned back to their fathers and the fathers toward his children. It looks like a people who worship in spirit and truth. Not a perfect people, not a wholly new and different people, but a remade people. A people who have placed their faith, hope, and trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on their behalf so that they, so that we might be saved from our sins. When you're talking about the hope of Christmas, I think this is where it's supposed to lead The fruit from the shoot, from the stump, which is your repentance and belief. Your hope that through Christ you have a future in spite of your past. Your hope that through Christ you, even you, have a future that is born out of, that's tied to that same past. 
and your hope that through Christ you have a future that's even better than your past. That's better than what you deserve. That's better than Christmas Day, as great as it is. And it's my hope this morning that you'll experience that for yourself. Let's pray. God, thank you for all that you've done for us. We love you and we thank you. Thank you for the hope, the gift of Christmas. Not just that you came, but that you came in the way you did, with the message you did, with the hope that you brought with you, the hope that you've accomplished in yourself, through your work. Thank you for these gifts and the reminders we have of them, for them. Thank you for a hope for the future. That even though our past may be something that we are ashamed of, there's still hope for the future for us. Though our past may be something that we kind of like, that we enjoy, that we wish wouldn't go away, there is something that's tied to it. That no matter where our past led us, no matter where it brought us, there's something better for us in our future through you and your gospel than whatever we have in our past. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.